Hey, glad you could make it. Welcome to Fantasy Dad Pods, where dad bods are glorified and dad jokes are encouraged. I'm JT, accompanied by Sean and special guest Corbin. Sean, how we doing? Uh, good. Sorry I missed last week, but I'm back. He's back. I'm Welcome back. back. Um, had a pretty solid weekend, but we're going to get to Corbin. He's our special guest. Father, husband, teacher, fitness nutrition geek, hashtag leg day every day. Uh, senior anal- analyst for Roto Underworld, Fantasy Pros, RotoViz, contributor, Fantrax, Fantasy Data NFL, Fantasy Data MLB. Find him on Twitter at Corbin underscore Young21. Welcome, Corbin. What's up? What's up, JT? <clears throat> good to chat with you guys. I know we connect, you know, via Twitter and all that good stuff, but uh, not so much the verbal, right, face-to-face type Zoom stuff, so. Right. Definitely. Yeah. We're all uh, participants within the Werf League. That's how we've gotten to kind of know each other and and uh, wanted just to have Corbin on. He's one of the few that within the Werf League that does both uh, fantasy baseball and football. So, um, yeah, first guest on our podcast, at least. So that's fun stuff. Uh, but we're going to start out with the dad joke of the week. My wife asked me if I could stop singing Wonderwall. I said, maybe. You're welcome. Warmed up the pipes yeah. for you guys on that one. And thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to have a trivia question. Um, special guest requires a special segment, in my opinion. So uh, I'm going to blurt it out now, and then we'll kind of recap how I got to this. But which player is in the top five for 2021 for both a max exit velo home run and one of the longest distance home runs, both in the top five. So chew on that. But we're going to start off with baseball. And um, as the dads always say, shake it off. Pain is temporary. We're going to go over the latest injury updates. Sean, you want to take it? Uh, yeah, the couple that have come in the playoff push, uh, Brandon Belts on the IL, uh, Luis T- Castillo for any uh, playoff and championship pushes is on personal leave. So Unfortunately for him and us, couldn't come in a worse time. Joey Votto, also day-to-day. Asanola, constantly on the IL, is back on there again. Paddock, I'm not sure who owns him anymore, but on the IL. And Aaron Judge picked a picked a kind of a rough time to go on the IL, but I or go on, I get a little nicked up. I haven't heard any updates as of today. Been driving around, but uh, I haven't heard of IL stint looming, but seems like he'll be okay. No, I included his quote there. He slid into second, dislocated his left pinky finger, popped it back in, and quote was saying, I'm fine. I don't need it to hit. <laughs> well, like what he says and what the doctors will tell you are very different things. <laughs> but that's why that's why I said they haven't officially named him on the IL yet, but what he says, he's fine. So Corbin, if you dislocated your pinky finger and popped it back in, do you feel like you could go out and just do a full deadlift or do you... Would you be fine? Um, do you need it to deadlift? Do I need it to deadlift? Uh, not really, you know, but, you know, there's ways to overcompensate, you know, with the different grips and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, it's one. Of, I think it's like with some of those injuries, right? Like uh, it's you don't realize how important that muscle or that part of your body is until it gets injured and then you realize, wow, I, I actually use this on a regular basis. <laughs> well, uh, just so you know, my wife is a PT Corbin and she makes a living off people overcompensating for, <laughs> for injuries. So, so. <laughs> but yeah, pinkies. Well, if you, if you think about it, if you dislocate your pinky and it's pinky out, it makes your deadlifts that much more classy. So I encourage it. Dad jokes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, personal note i know judge what judge is going through i dislocated my pinky playing basketball so in exactly his mindset um and everything i ran it but i didn't do it myself i asked my coach to pop it back in and then he was like something 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 liability i had to go to the hospital three hours later because i was stuck behind um some people who were in an awful car accident and um they finally verified it wasn't broken and popped it back in so hindsight Judge was smart to DIY it. And that's what we like to do as dads. We DIY. That's what you took from that story? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, it had, you just got to listen. It's like a long dad story. There's a, there's meaning at the end. 
I would um, I would say um, you did it smart is what is I would say those two stories went. <laughs> All right, moving on. We're talking about Monster Dong's Dad Strength Home Runs of the Week. Uh, I've got it linked up here by distances and um, only on the home runs. But for over the last seven days, let's see here. We're looking at Adam boy, Duvall. And our boy Shohei Otani's back on this list, so we can welcome him back into the into the fold here. Number six. Sorry, I got distracted. I saw Shohei. Sorry, JT. It's been so long since you've seen him on here. Yeah, we, our running joke is Otani's been kind of slacking. He hasn't been on this segment in a while for the top distance or exavila home run what do you think of uh otani corbin he's been kind of slacking the last month right yeah he's slowed down a little bit him and vladimir guerrero jr what's going on you know they're supposed well, to be hitting like just, 55 60 home runs already by this just point. bunch of bums dude like straight up yeah why can't you get 100 total home runs plus steals otani Jeez. then <laughs> maybe i might catch 50, maybe, 50. And, maybe and just have a laser can rocket arm you know whatever <laughs> right um also up here um dad bod former dad bod player of the week cj crone uh, we've got some max muncie he's got a nice dad bod um jordan alvarez dad knees if you will there you go just old rickety we got, we got some old guard here we got some pollock goldschmidt um salvador Perez, and some freddie freeman all bunched up there like to see the like to see the dad strength yes. salvi perez has been like i'm sure other people have talked about it but man uh that guy is uh he's good at the baseball and i was thinking about it when i was going through this list going into the 2021 season i i know there's a lot of question marks around the dh only and out of the handful that you know are were like top 150 adp they really kind of pulled through and like produced on the season. It was kind of like Alvarez kind of sitting right here. He's, you know, but it's just, it kind of made me think it's like, usually that's not the case, but maybe it's more common moving forward. I got a question for you, for you two guys. So there's a big debate of like most home runs ever for a catcher in a season. And they were debating if you have to be playing the catcher position for those to count or can you DH as well? What do you guys think? Because Salvi got a lot of his home runs as a DH this year. I think nowadays it's common for catchers not to play like every single day or, you know, five days a week. So I, it's, he's playing catcher most of the time, right? <laughs> Mike, Mike Schmidt truthers or, uh, will uh, say no. He, he had to play the field <laughs> when he hit those, those home runs. <laughs> well, then we should also let uh, pitchers keep hitting and, you know, doing all that stuff too. So. Yeah, if they're all, if they're all time, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really interesting point. And I know he DH quite a bit. I mean, he's he's been games played is like almost, you know, 90, 95 plus percent of possible games. Um, I didn't realize how many home runs he had hit compared to just the days he caught. But they all count the same, don't they? I mean, it's not like he's splitting like a random catcher first base it's it's the only position ah give it to him he's a catcher come on yeah i would give it to him too i just wonder what your guys take it was kind of a hot debate on places i listened to and some people are very passionate about it so just want to know what you two thought about it try not to spend too much energy uh thinking about catchers <laughs> come on it's important that's a wise philosophy mike zanito he's good <laughs> <laughs> quotes around that <laughs> speaking of mike zanito exit velo 110 this week hey oh eric Cosmer with the dad bod 109.9 you know you said otani was at the top but alvarez tied him so you could say uh by alphabetical 1b <laughs> sorry um, yeah sorry and actually yeah jordan's went further so i don't know why they're or given they're giving a tiebreaker to otani but did you see junk? Did you see uh, Stanton's home run that he hit that got like four feet off the ground and went 114? No, that sounds like Flodita's one like two weeks ago where it just got out in three seconds. Yeah, it was a uh, 17 degree, 17 degree launch angle. 
Wow. It was the definition of a line drive. Nice. Um, while we're on this note, and uh, we haven't even got to any fantasy relevant content yet, but we're just admiring these guys showing off their dad's strength. Um, on the year, Manny Machado had the highest exit velo home run at 119.6, and Miguel Sano had the longest home run so far this year at 495. So I thought that was kind of just uh, worth mentioning. Fun stuff. We're always wondering about what the baseball is going to be like year to year. But um, oh, here's a hint for the trivia question. The player that's in the top five for each is currently in the minors. That, that threw away my guess. I thought I had a really good one. Mm. <laughs> oh, currently in the minors and has been in the minors for quite some time. Um, but we'll get into the actual fantasy content. Who's who pretty much uh, helps support those semifinal head-to-head type matchups or really just pushing those categories towards the finish lines for Rotos? We're going to start off with hitting. I've got a link here to fan tracks. Um, but I mean, for... your boy Paul Goldschmidt had a monster week. Any week you hit five home runs, that's uh, that'll work. Right. I mean, I, I was trying to trade him at the fantasy trade deadline. No one wanted him, and I've been complaining ever since. I was like... <laughs> You can you really have. Cheap. <laughs> and it's like I foresaw it. His teammate, well, two of his teammates, O'Neill and Bader, having some really, really good weeks. Bader, definitely available on waivers. Um, would you trust him enough to ride him out for like a championship head to head week this week? I'll start with Corbin. Harrison Bader. I'm not even a Harrison Bader guy, so probably not. Like, <laughs> like uh, there's some guys like that, and they're just, I don't know, like Nick Solak. I'm just like, uh, like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I need to be more into them, but I mean, Harrison Bader has been better than I anticipated. Um, I, I, for some reason, I, I feel like I used to think Harrison Bader was like a, like a lesser Tyler O'Neill, you know, like could give me some steals, could even some power, but strikes out too much. But, but uh, I got a blind spot. I guess I need to pay attention to guys like Harrison Bader. <laughs> um, Would you trust him? No, I don't trust Harrison Bader. I'm kind of in like the Corbin camp. I'm, I, I get, I probably have a blind spot as well, but I just don't, I've never bonded the hype of Harrison Bader. Um, I am the guy who picked up Nick Solak though. So, <laughs> um, and for my, for our championship, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really believe in him much either, but sometimes you just need a second baseman and, uh, Abraham Toro's not cutting it anymore right now. So I needed to change that up somehow, but no, no one, no one Harrison Bader, not that type of, not that type of guy for me. Well, I did. I picked him up in our consolation. A lot riding on that one. Um, for what, what would that be? Seventh place? Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, but the winner gets to choose wh- where they draft and yeah. where their pick is next year. So I was We're done with Conforto just slacking oh. off. We're playing each other in both head-to-head baseball leagues, aren't we, this week? We are. Oh, my goodness. Couldn't have scripted it any better. One one consolation championship, the other one a championship. Okay, there we go. There we go. <laughs> um, Austin Riley doing things, even though he didn't even walk last week. That's always dangerous. Um, and then Juan Soto, quite the opposite, four percent walk rate on the week. Um, Is there anybody I, cooler than Juan Soto? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man, it's crazy. I think his OBP is over five hundred since the All Star break, and um, that's just bananas. His OBP uh, for the week is 700. Like, dude, what is he like? Can he drink yet? Is what was he like 23? <laughs> yeah. Like, how are you this good? This yeah, he's 22. Like, how can you be this good? Man, he ruined like I think the Juan Soto effect needs to be like a theory or a thing where like every future prospect is judged based on him because everyone's like, oh, you'll be the next Juan Soto because he comes up and just destroys right away. But other people need to realize that, like, not every prospect's going to be him or, you know, Wander Franco. Even Wander Franco started out rough for the first two weeks. But everyone's always like, oh, why? You know, Jared Kelnick's struggling a little bit. I'm like, yeah, he's 21. Not everyone's Juan Soto at 20 and just destroying baseballs. 
that's all for, you, for all you advice for your keeper leagues. It's okay. You can hold on to these guys for a little bit when they struggle and they're 20. Corbin, do you dabble in a uh, dynasty or keepers or are you more redraft? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a 30 team dynasty league with a bunch of writers and stuff. That one is uh, pretty rough. Um, like my, my roster seems pretty good, but I still hover in like eight to 10 out of 30. It's like, um, I, I did lose a couple, couple players. And then I have like, you know, I have like Brian Reynolds, who's awesome. But when you have like, um, Michael Conforto or like some other guys and, you know, have just like one or two injuries and it kind of just goes downhill. And so, um, uh, you know, it, it's it's definitely gives you a deeper look into the player pool. I do a couple of their like 15 team ones um, that again with some other writers and stuff. And that one's another one. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of interesting when you think like you look back and they're not that old. I think we they're like in their second or third year, you know. But you look back at them and you're like, wow, did I really uh, draft this guy? And I thought that he was going to be good in like two years, you know, like I, like the one league um, 15 teams like I. I just, I was uh, messaging uh, Chris Clegg. I was like, dude, am I crazy? Like I'm cutting Patrick Corbin, dude. Like I, I, like for some reason I thought he'd still be good in two years and he, and he's awful, you know? And it's just like, and there's a couple other guys that go out. I'm like, why did I think this guy would be good? You know, it's just, nope, nope. That was a bad idea. Like Willie Castro. No, no. Yeah. I shouldn't be starting Willie Castro every day. You know, it's just. <laughs> hey, uh, doesn't Willie Castro have more home runs on the season? Then, uh, Patrick Corbin, yes, yeah, he does. So that was, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> you just lost my train of thought. Um, Milwaukee former MVP. Oh my gosh, I can't think of Christian Yelich. Yeah, Yelich. Thank you. I, really he could, he more sure could. Yelich on the year. God, he ruined some dynasty leagues. That's for sure. Like <laughs> that guy. Whew. Oh, um, I just wanted to mention that. Uh, Edmund Bader, each pitching in quite a few steals. Buxton, hey, look at that. Stealing bases, Rosarena, Jose Ramirez, so underrated. Lane Thomas, that's been a nice waiver wire pickup for people over the last month. Um, and Malandesi, he's uh, he's not really doing much, but he got two steals. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. Can we go to pitchers now? Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can Sorry about, to end it on Mondes. Can I talk about Shane Baz and how awesome he is? Yeah. And how just fluid and effortless his pitching mechanics look. Go ahead. Man, just the Pirates and the Rays know how to make trades. <laughs> like, man, Shane Baz is just so much fun to watch. Ever since the Futures game, like, I was like, okay this guy should be picked up and I'm sad we weren't doing the podcast yet JT but watching that showing and just how he looked rather than the results just like how easy it was for him just like his motion and everything I was like okay he sold me on all of this and uh not to get too hyped over two starts but he looks fun he looks really fun yeah I forgot who posted it but I mean even like you think like what the, what the Rays rotation might look like in like two to three years right and like even McClanahan's look pretty like electric you know this year and like you know we're probably going to be drafting him you know I, I would guess he'd be like top 100 or something great you know the hype's going to rise pretty pretty crazy so you know there's going to be a lot of little guys but yeah. yeah we're on just like the flip side what we we're just talking about Freddie Peralta kind of written off and then the year he's having um, a little bumpy here near, right near the end, but overall 2021 um, he'll, he'll be taken um, pretty high. And it's really interesting what Milwaukee's done for pitchers. I mean, relatively young staff, it's very impressive as well. Yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee. Uh, Freddie Peralta is kind of like, he does make me a little nervous with like the whole, is the, is it real? Cause it's kind of these last two years have been really weird. I think next year is going to be kind of the year where you kind of start to see more like balancing out because COVID really messed up last year. And then it kind of bled into this year, especially with pitchers and like innings and all that stuff. Next year is going to be real, his uh, prove it year. And I, I just have a feeling he's going to be overdrafted a little bit. I, I would like to see another year before I draft Freddie, where I think he's going to go next year. That's just my two cents. Yeah, no, I think, 
yeah i know i have him in a few spots and like yeah he's been legit but yeah i think it's just trying to find those guys right like but i think uh more and more i've been trying to go towards like uh like like pitching staffs like the brewers i, I think the cleveland's turning into that cincinnati was but they're they lost like kyle body they lo- they're losing a several guys like in the kind of coaching end that i'm maybe questioning or hesitation there you know but I think there's, yeah, there's some pitching staffs. I mean, Aaron Ashby has been a name in the Brewers that has been a guy, you know, could be, could be a 2022 Freddie Peralta, right? Just like a reliever type profile, but could make that jump. So I think uh, I'm going to probably look towards like pitching staffs like the Brewers, you know, I mean, look at the Brewers. I mean, it's just making Eric Lauer look good. Uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> Another guy I own. Yeah. <laughs> Adrian Hauser. I mean, you know, Adrian Hauser's got a pretty good sticker, but I think there's, yeah, there's some certain pitching staffs that uh, Houston's another one, right? Just like not to overly invest, but there's certain, I mean, White Sox as well, you know. There's what about some, Miami? Miami, too, has got like nine yeah. guys. <laughs> so there, there might be something to just like highlighting the certain pitching staffs and then, you know, trying to see which guys you like at certain valleys or whatever, but. Yeah. Well, who struck your fancy, JT? I'll just shout out Ranger Suarez had a complete game shutout. Um, John Means, uh, looking looking pretty solid with the fourteen strikeouts over the eleven two thirds. Oh, there's Baz. There he is. Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery's been like someone I've barely held on to, and been like to draft near the you know late rounds in the last couple of years and um he's put together a pretty solid season and kind of just under the radar i've been pleasantly you know having on, on a lot of different rosters so shout out there he um he had a solid week 10 two-thirds 10 k's only two earned um so molly had like this crazy platoon split against him like lefties were just mashing and i didn't realize that uh, i haven't owned molly this year many pl- or at all in any places um but i thought that was worth of note just in case you're going into a final start with him this week robbie ray uh it's my dark horse al cy young he's uh he is, he a dark, is he a dark horse anymore speed <laughs> like... bump I don't know. I think he'll be at least top three, right? So, I mean, I mean it's, he... it's probably between him and Cole at this point. It's got to be those two. I think Ray's got a little bit more innings or something, right? Yeah. Robbie Ray is just, just been... give it to Robbie Ray. I mean, I was going to say, he's just been really good. Came from the bottom of terrible <laughs> <laughs> dominating in a Blue Jays uniform. Just give it to him, right? Seriously, that dude. And then finally, um, shout out to Nestor Cortez Jr. I actually, Sean, you missed it. I actually picked him up. He had a a good looking two start week projected last week, and he blew up in my face. That first Monday last week, I had about a nine ERA and two WHIP, and I go, "Oh, I guess I'm punting ratios. Luckily, it's head to head, five by five. I'm just going to win strikeouts and hopefully win, you know, saves or maybe even quality starts and just." I'm going to have to hopefully hope my pit my hitting does really well. Well, my hitting did pretty amazing, you know, like a 412 OBP on the week. So it That's was what you uh, get for talking crap. <laughs> you heard I the talk noise. crap about him. I was like, oh, it's a two start week. I actually, you know what? I do need one extra pitcher. Let's pick him up. And then he was like, I heard what you're saying about me. And then he pooped the bed. And you dropped. <laughs> Springer and I swooped him up. <laughs> How many fab units did you spend on him? Like four hundred, dude. I got like I had like seven hundred left. I'm like, well, there's like one week. I gotta use it, right? Like, I don't get to roll this over, cashing out for real fab or real cash. So I gotta use that. I know I was being a little bit extreme dropping Springer, but I was just like, do something. He's just he's nursing those injuries and uh, he's just nothing. And then you, you've given me a very difficult. Uh, matchup to now play though so i i mean i don't know who to play now probably to sit like stanton like or like i don't know my outfield's loaded man you jerk you're gonna make me overthink you're gonna make me tinker to death yeah um i'm gonna 
I'm going to move on to another dadism. Uh, because I said so, we got uh, streaming pictures for the forecaster on ESPN. Um, this is one, one of the sites I like to grab from. But uh, I, I just, if anyone wants to scroll through and name out any nice matchups, there wasn't really many two start weeks this week. Yeah. And almost no games today. And, and of the ones that are anybody of note is already owned in your league for sure. So if I guess if, if you're desperate, like maybe one that's not old is like Irvin, but I I mean I'm I'm sure he's owned in a good chunk eighty plus leagues. But other than that, no, yeah, Webb's owned, Flexen's probably owned, um, and he's already starting tonight. So I I don't see anybody that's like jumping out of the page. It's like this guy's awesome. You should pick him up. Everybody who even is sort of decent is getting two starts because all of these teams are jockeying for position, so they're already owned. Yeah, yeah, Kyle Freeland's kind of been off and on. Uh, I've seen him kind of pop off and on. It's in 15-teamers, even. Might have been in TGFBI even. And I was like, ah. Uh, I'm like, no, I can't do it. I'm not going to put my hands in Kyle Freeland for one start for the final week of season. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There's, Yeah, at this point, it's one of the – I think I was talking to somebody else. Like, at this point in the season, like, you know uh, – there's no sense in trying to, you know, be overly risky, right? It's just kind of like, like you don't want to roll out some guy you never heard of. Like, I don't want to be rolling out Josh Rogers. Tyler so, Anderson, uh, to start. <laughs> You're not feeling it? <laughs> you know, it's just like, it, it might not be worth it. Quick, what team does he play for? Tyler Anderson or Josh Rogers? Tyler Anderson. Oh, of course, the Mariners. No, it's the tr- or Tyler Alexander. Oh my gosh, oh, I messed up his name. I was, like, I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh my the, gosh. I was oh like the, the, the marquee trade of the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, the bar and Tyler clear in the mirrors since the trade deadline. <laughs> oh my gosh. The answer is Detroit. <laughs> oh, I messed my I, he's so forgettable. I messed up his name. I'm reading his name. I messed it up. Oh my gosh. I see Matt's playing on Saturday, pitching against Baltimore. That might be one where, see, we're in a head-to-head where you can make daily adjustments to your roster. So, I mean, I'm thinking, oh, if, you know, depending on ratios and stuff, you know, that might be an okay one to, if you're desperate. But it's really hard to, like, at the beginning of the week to really bank on anything. Um, You really kind of just, based on what we're seeing is you kind of got to roll with the guys that got you there. Yeah. And as for like hitters, you know who the bad pitching staffs are. You just got to start the other guys. Like that's really, that's really it. I like, like Corbin said, you roll with the guys who got you here. Don't, don't nitpick this. <laughs> don't get too cute. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, like even like I was debating Herman Marquez and then I was like texting my buddy. He's like, you're really going to rely on a two-star week one in course with Herman Marquez. I was like, yeah, the ERA has been like over 12 in the past 14 days. I was like, maybe not, maybe not. I'll just sit him on the bench for a reliever. You yeah. Know? Just like <laughs> no, we, nobody wants a 12 ERA and like one star and then you're screwed for the rest of the week. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. I will say that Boston has some a juicy week, especially um, hitting and, you know, just steals related as well um, more washington yeah that's uh rockies are at home to washington that's that's gonna be amazing for the first three games probably um detroit has some is at minnesota at the white Sox, and you can definitely steal on those two teams and the forecaster is indicating that just kind of thinking of a roto if you're trying to just grab a couple extra points and stolen bases usually can be somewhat tight um, same for the Dodgers, steals, lean. Um, but other than that, oh, in Washington, in Colorado for the hitters, hey, that's always nice. But um, yeah, that's yeah. that's ultimately, um, yeah. If if you're considering dropping one, we're not going to point at anyone like we have in the past weeks. Um, if they're in, injured or you can't rely on them, uh, drop them. 
um, pick up someone who's playing. And ultimately, anyone who's not going to help you win this week, drop them. Drop a one-start pitcher in a tough outing. Maybe they're in Colorado, something like that. And um, ultimately, like I said, if you're looking at like steals and roto, for example, if if the hitter doesn't get steals and that's what you need, you can bench them, you can drop them. I mean, it, redraft, be darned. I mean, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> don't get don't get scared for dropping that big name. Don't do it. Or you don't be scared. You can do it. Yeah. All right. Before we transition to football, I've got a bonus dad joke of the week. Where do bad rainbows go? Prism. It's a light sentence. Uh, I see smiles. No one's <laughs> laughing though. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll laugh with you. Don't leave you hanging out. There you go. Oh, thank you. All right. Moving on to some fantasy football. Got a new segment because we haven't really had many injuries. So I took a quote off of Wedding Crashers. Um, hey, you're not a athletic enough to stay on your own two feet um i had to watch the movie it's so good vince Vaughn. why are you doing every time i look over you're just on the ground um and some of these players unfortunately can hold true um so mitchell san francisco running back out with a shoulder uh, mccaffrey avoiding the ir but was out with the hamstring injury uh, jacob's out with his ankle Cook was a scratch from the game, did not play with the ankle. Henderson didn't play because of ribs. A.J. Brown left um, partway through the game. Hammy uh, Johnson, Pittsburgh wide receiver, was out with a knee. Shepard left super early out of the game with hamstring. Smith-Schuster, ribs out um, about halfway through that game, if I recall. Hopkins played, but it was much of a decoy with his ribs and Lockett was was a leg injury late so I don't know what that projects he, play, he played later in the game though <clears throat> okay so um yeah any any uh worth noting injuries or any players you can spin off to look at um seriously picking up because of it I'll go with you Corbin yeah I wrote an article over the weekend uh <clears throat> like what do we do trying to replace Christian McCaffrey, you know, and just try to look at, um, I tried to look at like, what did Christian McCaffrey do and Mike Davis do just in terms of like, just basically, you know, some minor events of like yards after contact, yards before contact, what's their offensive line look like and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, obviously Christian McCaffrey is like in a league of his own in terms of just like, even just like the expected points added, which is like an efficiency metric. Uh, but their run blocking wasn't very good the past few years, like even for Mike Davis. So um, the usage was like really, really great. So Dwayne McFarlane of PFF, he kind of looks at like all the like, usage rates and stuff. And I mean, he basically said, you know, Truba Hubbard was like using like every single scenario you want him to be in, you know, and just like long down and distance, short down and distance, two minute offense, you know, like tar- high target, target rate. So I think, um, whatever you spent on Elijah Mitchell or whatever that person spent Elijah Mitchell, <laughs> you know, you better uh, add about 10 to 15 or whatever, you know, like 10 to 15% to whatever that was, um, you know, just, just knowing that like, they're going to feed whoever's next man up, you know, they're going to feed on the rock. And uh, fortunately in a lot of leagues, he's gone. So I'm just like, Oh, then <laughs> I can really do there, but you know, it'll, hopefully it'll be, you know, just as good as Mike Davis this year, but even better. But yeah. Sean, any any name that stands out as a waiver pickup or because of any of these injuries? Um, no, I definitely want to stay away from the San Francisco backfield. I know somebody who spent like sixty percent of their fab on on Mitchell. Um, trying to spend too much to get into that messy backfield. While if you can get the hot hand, it's good. The problem is due to injuries and whoever is the next guy up, it, it's hard to play that game. So I, I stay away from that backfield in the draft. And even in the, with injuries, I, I still try to avoid that. I mean, I'll throw a couple waivers in there on some other guys, but uh, Wilson jr. And everything was coming off the IR in a couple of weeks, but it's still, it's, it, I wouldn't spend too much into that backfield. Um, I don't know of anybody that's 
ownable because you got some Rams running back situation, but I think anybody worth owning is already owned with Sony Michelle and all that. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go crazy with any of these injuries. Cause I think most of these um, either the backups already gone, like cook um, Madison's already owned because of cook's injury history. And like uh, Corbin said with McCaffrey's injury, a lot of the times Chubba was already owned or rostered in uh, leagues. So I, I think it's, it's a lot of these aren't surprising. Uh, and I, I don't think of the ones that maybe you could snag some value with somebody behind them. I don't, I think that the guys will be fine. Like Lockett's injury. I don't, I don't think it's going to be long-term. So I don't think picking up like Swaim or um, somebody like that's really worth, worth the, the money, unfortunately. So, and the Pittsburgh's wide receiver, situation might have some talent but i just am dealt there elsewhere i don't see it anymore i don't think he's going to hold those positions back unfortunately yeah one running back for forgot to mention i know this sounds gross but Peyton barber um <laughs> so so like I, I was texting my buddy and he's like he's like no you, you have issues like don't 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 be mad that you dropped Peyton barber so i added him like right after josh jacobs was run out like in week two and I was like, you know, Peyton, I don't, I don't ever like guys like Peyton Barber. I hate Malcolm Brown. Uh, I hate Jordan Howard. You know, don't give me these guys that are going to like give you like 12 carries for 30 yards and two touchdowns. Like that's not sustainable. That's not, yeah. that's not the kind of players I want. Right. But he had a ton of like, not a ton, but a decent chunk of yards after contact in like week two. And so I was like, okay, but he had ne- <laughs> negative nine yards before contact. Um, so like, so it's like all his yards are like after contact but then of course i'm like you know what it's been barber i don't believe in this garbage and then he rushes for 111 yards and catches a few balls and i'm just like you know i don't, I don't know I, I mean i guess he's valuable <laughs> just like john gruden's offense does two things run the ball a ton and throw to tight ends that's john gruden's offense like all the time so i get what you're saying but at a certain point just volume is going to like, just, he's going to just feed those guys eventually. Like the Sean Alexander and like the 06, like he's going to get like 35 carries or like Derrick Henry. He's just going to feed him enough to get, and you're going to look at it and be like, well, those advanced numbers are gross, but he got 111 yards. Like you said, like, I'm like, well, I guess, uh, I guess <laughs> he's, he might be the, the top back for one or two weeks. Until Barber, man. Whew. I haven't heard that name in a while. Well, you know, some names we have heard recently are the names that we recommended last week, kind of low-owned, maybe uh, take a shot in the dark if you're dealing with a uh, roster crunch. So you can go over those, kind of grade ourselves, well, myself, because I was solo. But um, <clears throat> recommended Carr, that was kind of a yay. Cousins, yay, the offense is scoring points. Bridgewater, not so much this week. I'll give you credit for Bridgewater. I think the play scripts, they were up by so much so early that it really bit you in the butt. I th- he, Bridgewater played fine. It's just that it was the Jets and they're up by 20. So it, you don't really need to throw anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. I think long-term, those three will will pay off as if you need a backup quarterback, if that's how you roll, if, or if you do like a super flex. Um, do you do any super flex now that I think about it, Corbin? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a couple of them, like just a couple of dynasty leagues or super flex. Um, yeah, you don't really want to do any of those leagues where they're like 14 teams or larger. It gets pretty ugly. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do do a couple of them. I, I wish I did a little more. You know, it does make it so it's like you're playing this, you know, position that's pretty valuable, right? And and uh, it, it's kind of fun, but then it also stinks when you don't have a second or third quarterback healthy and then you're rolling out like, Sam Darnold. Yeah. I, mean, well, I have I mean, only guy I do have Sam Darnold is my QB too. You know, hey, he's got three rushing touchdowns already. This Lamar year. Jackson, like, and so it's like, yeah. hey, this could be a career year for if Sam. You're Darnold. the top two guys in rushing touchdowns, then, because <laughs> Sam Darnold is tied with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> um, also, last week for wide receivers, more was a recommendation, but I still, I personally thought Kirk was the one to own, but. More kind of had a had a low possession, like he just didn't have many opportunities. They didn't get the ball in his hands. Um, 
So as an A, Ruggs had a good game. Osborne, man, when Thielen and Jefferson are getting as open as they did against the Seahawks, it doesn't even matter what Osborne was doing if your first and second option were always open. Um, so still interesting to deeper leagues maybe to own on the bench. Jones Jr. still still is a yay. Um, and Shepard, uh-oh, he got he got the injury. Um, recommended Patterson because the touches last week were red zone tied, um, even though Davis had more touches overall uh, week two. Patterson had the more opportunistic type snaps, it seemed like. Um, and, and he actually had a pretty solid week. Uh, Pollard, I actually haven't seen how the game played out tonight. So he was TBD. And um, last I saw it, I think they're both playing okay, but uh, Zeke was getting the touchdown touches. So it looks good though. I mean, yeah, like well, he's, he's actually more efficient than um, Zeke, but it's just that whoever, I think that offense is going to come down to who gets the goal line stuff. And if it's going to keep being Zeke, it's going to be hard for Pollard to sustain a ton of value. Yep. And then I still keep holding myself to recommending tight ends. Um, it is our firm philosophy on this podcast that if you don't own the top three, just good luck. Hopefully one of yours scores a touchdown. Um, so I liked what Max Williams is doing there in Arizona. Didn't have a good week. Hey, what you know? And Doyle had a pretty decent snap share, but didn't have the touchdown that we're looking for. So still snake eyes um kicker carlson sure i don't you know i don't know if you're streaming your kicker but good luck to you out there and uh defense um buffalo did not have a high scoring but arizona sure did so that was kind of a split um i have some names here for uh pick them up for the waiver wire is there any names that stand out i even included barber look at that um but for barber <laughs> um, but is there any names on here that stand out as worthy of like a fab bid or waiver priority pickup or just wait till those run through sean go ahead um if chubba is not owned for some reason uh yeah um him i am not the one that's people are freaking out about is josh gordon who just got reinstated and looks like he's going to kansas city I am not on that, but as, as Corbin Jenkins said too, I am not on that board. I would not. People have fallen in that trap how many years now? Three, three years. Until he does something, then you, you, you. Even then, like you have to, he has to be sustainable. But I don't, I don't buy it. I'm not doing it. I wouldn't fall into that trap. Um, I, I see a couple people want to pick up Patrick from the the 49ers. again. I'm avoiding that backfield. If you can throw a couple waiver wire dollars at him. Maybe uh, I see Ronald Jones, the second uh, again, that backfield. I really am not a fan of. Um, yeah. Nothing that really strikes my fancy other than a couple of those guys. I wouldn't spend a ton of money this week. I don't think other than maybe as Corbin has already said, Hubbard, I, that's probably the one that I would be looking at if he's not already owned. Corbin, any names that stand out? Yeah. Mano Sanders should have been, picked up before uh you know it just wasn't producing but um <clears throat> i kind of had him in a sleeper last week and i'm like if you you know they're, they're throwing a ton right they're throwing like just just as almost almost as last year right and you know he's getting a ton of air yards a decent air yard share um not a big target share but they're spreading it around you know and you're t- attaching yourself to a guy that's getting deep targets to josh allen you know, like he's worth, he's worth grabbing there and there. I have a question with him. Um, there's a lot of people that advance stats and everything like that, that says Josh Allen's due for regression. Are you worried about that with pairing with Emmanuel Sanders? Like Josh Allen's accuracy was historic last year compared to even like his high school numbers. So they're worried that his accuracy will plummet again. Like it has been in the past. Are you worried? Uh, not really. I mean, yeah, like some of that's going to come down, but I mean, uh, like, I don't, I, I mean, outside of maybe, I think maybe like uh, TJ Hernandez or something, there's like one, I, I don't know, that's what I really point towards. Him. It's like, I, I, I couldn't have seen the passing game, like change like this, like the Bills offense changing the way it has in 2020. And now it's like, I, there's, yeah. I had no anticipation that that was going to happen. Um, I, I think they've had a tough schedule too. Like, didn't they play? 
Oh boy, you know Pittsburgh week one. Yeah, so like you know they played Pittsburgh. Miami's not not a slouch, right? Like I mean they kind of held the Raiders in check for most of that game. And they spent money on that defense too. They got two yeah. corners that they they yeah. So I think he's got a you know tough beginning of the season there, and so he'll probably come around. But um, no, I think I think it's you know and that passing game is probably going to be concentrated towards like Cole Beasley, Diggs, and Sanders. So I mean if you can get a piece of that. You know, wide receiver three, four piece there. It's yeah, not a bad idea. Um, uh, there's another guy. Oh, AJ Green, man. AJ Green leading the Cardinals and receiving. You know, it's a revival here. Might, if we're talking about Peyton Barber, we have to talk about AJ Green, right? Yeah, there as you a, go. <laughs> as a sell high candidate. <laughs> No, yeah, um, I wasn't into AJ Green at, at all. Like, you know, my buddy would be like, hey, AJ Green can make a comeback. I was like, you know, if I'm banking on a 33-year-old AJ Green to make a comeback, like I I I'm doing I'm doing this wrong. I just I I need I need to go somewhere else. <laughs> but but you know, he is playing like the issue with like Kirk and and the Rondell Moore, like they're not on the field that much, right? I mean, they are like, you know, they run like three, four wide receiver sets, but it's AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins that are like playing a ton. <laughs> so it's going to get mixed around, but I'm not saying he's going to be great, but I mean, when he, you know, when he gets fed targets, could be interesting. <laughs> well, actually, <clears throat> that was one of the first in the next segment. But before I advance to that, I was just going to note that. Car and Bridgewater low owned out there. Sanders is like, yeah, 26%. Sorry, excuse me. Not owned, rostered. I still, my apologies. Rostered, Car and Bridgewater rostered. Sanders, 26% or something. And Yahoo rostered. Um, Conklin had some good usage there uh, for Minnesota for tight end. And Hollister, uh, former Seahawk, I believe, right? Um, There in Jacksonville um kicker if you big, need he one some big drops though so i i would be worried that like oh okay some of the people were pretty mad at hollister to be to be real like well, if, oh, what's his name o'shaughnessy if he comes back healthy then i'm sure yeah. he'll be the primary tight end um mclaughlin carlson joseph kickers worth um rostering and then cincinnati and chicago has some pretty nice matchups for to own those defenses roster those defenses i am stumbling through it my apologies <laughs> um let's see okay so observations talking about arizona and i kind of ran through what we're kind of seeing the trends um and it's kind of really tied into what you're saying there corbin so arizona um two primary wide receivers with their tight end and running back and so that's hopkins at 91 percent of the snaps and then um, Page runs off. So Green at 79, Williams 76, um, Williams being the tight end. And Kirk at 57, Moore at 34. So uh, very interesting, yeah, to me at least, Green getting those that usage. Uh, but in Atlanta, we've got um, pretty much Ridley and Pitts. And that's about it. Probably worth... Um, relying on week to week and um, Baltimore one tight end three wide receivers being Watkins uh, 79% of the snaps Brown 67 and I I think Watkins is like if he's not owned it's gonna be interesting because Hollywood dropped a couple big passes in that game so I don't think maybe that locker room or Harbaugh is like gonna dial up as much stuff and Watkins has been pretty solid so I, I, I have a feeling like some more design stuff to Watkins is coming in the near future. Oh, I'm digging it. Carolina, pretty much the three wide receivers there. Uh, more Anderson and Marshall. Buffalo, we mentioned. Sanders had 80% of the snaps. Knox, the tight end, 78. Diggs, 75. And Beasley, 66. And worth noting, Moss and Singletary really kind of had the same amount of snap share. Um, any thoughts, Corbin, on Moss or Singletary moving forward? Just stay away. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I liked Moss last year, and then you know if they're going to pass as much, and then they don't really pass to the running backs, you know, and 
Moss gets a lot of like the red zone goal line stuff. It's almost like that, uh, like reminds me of like the 49ers when they had like Matt Breida and they would roll out Matt Breida from like the 20 to the 20 and then they would roll in another back to just like <laughs> get in that red zone goal line work. Um, I mean, Devin Singletary talent wise, you know, I mean, he's he's always ranking high in like evasion percentage and stuff. And like, so he's got, you know, he's, he's breaking and missing tackles, but you know, it's hard to, it's hard to rely on a guy that might get like 11 to 12 touches that could be shared. And, you know, Zach Moss could get like whatever two touchdowns like he did last week, you know, or just like, um, so I think it just almost as risky as the, stupid Buccaneers backer backfield, you know? Um, but I mean, if you can guess which one is going to be good, good luck, but yeah. <laughs> you're better off rolling out Cordero Patterson at this rate. Yep. can't believe we're saying this, but what is it? Eight or years Barber. later. Eight years <laughs> later. Peyton Barber. Yes. Like, Peyton Barber. Man, this is the Peyton Barber <laughs> podcast. It sounds like right now. Uh, I was going to, yeah. I, Ultimately, there's some situations where it's really like it. It's good to own, to roster the quarterback, and Tampa Bay, Cleveland, you know the uh, what was the other one? Denver. Um, they have so many different weapons, and they spread around differently each game that you really just have to have a little bit of a golden ticket. Um, but that's kind of the Drew Brees thing from a couple of years ago. There's always one receiver pop off, but you never knew which receiver. So if you had Drew Brees, you're doing great. Right. But so yeah, move on to, to looking at uh, Chicago, Mooney 98% of the stats, Commit uh, 96 and Robinson 89. Uh, Cleveland, we just mentioned they everyone was less than 65% of the snaps. So I thought that was really interesting, but um Beckham and and Hunt really just took most of the targets. Everyone else had under three. And Denver, Fant had 87% of the snaps. Patrick, 76. Sutton, 76. Um, Oh, skipped Cincinnati, excuse me. Um, Chase, 83. Boyd, 79. Mixon, 74. Uzoma, the tight end, at 70. Any Uzoma lovers out there? No, he's a tight end. That's okay. True, true sample is the guy. No, the, <laughs> the former blocking tight end for the yeah, I'm, I'm the okay. <laughs> uh, Detroit Hawkinson, 84% of the snaps. And I don't know if I would trust, trust much of any of the wide receivers, but Raymond had like 10 targets. So that was worth note. Swift and Williams kind of splitting the percentages of snaps for running back. Uh, Green Bay, it's the Adams, Tanyan, and, and Jones show. Um, wide receiver, tight end, running back, you can rely on those. And then the rest, good luck. Hopefully they get a touchdown. Um, Indy, Pittman, 93% of the snaps. Pascal, 89. Campbell, 80. And Doyle, 57. Hines and Taylor this last game, very even, 56 to 48. Um, is it as a like if you were rostering Taylor, Sean, would you be troubled by this? What would you want to do if you had him on your squad? Am I rostering Taylor? <laughs> is that why you called me out? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Okay, because I, be I was frustrating. I was gonna say I, I was not a Taylor guy uh, before the season started, so <laughs> I was like, did I draft him and just black it out? Um, but uh. Yeah, I'd be frustrated. I probably would have been frustrated last year. I know he, at the end, it looked really nice, but there was a lot of underlying numbers that I was very worried about with Taylor. And I'd be worried still. Like, I I just don't... Talent-wise, yes, he's more talented than Hines, but that's never been their MO for that team. And I, I just... It's kind of like the Buffalo situation. I don't trust them enough to feed one guy all the time and a lot of times when they do feed him it's not in great situations for him he's got to he's got to fight for those really tough yards a lot of the time and they don't put him in the best situation he, he might be very very talented one of the more probably more talented running backs i think it's just he's not given the opportunity to use the talent and that's gonna hold him back for a long time nope agreed uh moving on to jacksonville got the juniors all the wide receivers there uh jones chark chenault 
with Jones getting 97%, Chark 87% of the snaps. Kansas City, obviously Kelsey and Hill, um, but Robinson also getting 72% of snaps and Hardman 65. Uh, that was a really good game to watch against the Chargers and the Chargers right here. Uh, Allen 83% of the snaps, Eckler 74, Williams 73, and Cook 70. Uh, if hypothetical Corbin for you for Kansas City if Hill goes down say he gets a random injury and you wanted to pick up a wide receiver would you rather have Robinson or Hardman I'm not a Hardman guy um I mean he's definitely been used a little more than I anticipated but I think they'd probably just feed Travis Kelsey even more you know and it might go towards Clyde Edwards Lair like um, Hardman's fast and all, but I, I don't think he's, you know, he's not quite talent level wise. Like everybody's just trying to draft Hardman because he's fast and he's on the Chiefs offense, but, you know, I can, I can find Henry Ruggs or, you know, like other fast guys that are, could probably get more usage than uh, Miko Hardman, but he is getting a little more usage. So it's kind of interesting, but I wouldn't be like, thinking that this is a golden ticket that you know especially with wide receivers like it doesn't quite work out that way right like it's a little more with the running backs but with wide receivers it doesn't quite work out that way like if one of the minnesota guys goes down like i'm not going to expect uh kj osborne i mean maybe but you know to just be like this wide receiver one or you know top end guy like so it's, it's definitely uh there's usually a little bit more of a drop off kind of like we we're saying about the tyler locket thing right like not expecting Freddie Swain or any of these basically no-name guys right after that, like to to really to really burst onto the Seahawks scene and be like, "Wow, he is good." <laughs> yep, I I hear you. Um, move on to the Jets. You know, Davis Rios. I let's move uh, on. Just, yep, just, <laughs> yeah. just don't um, even, yeah, stay away. Hold on no to Corey Davis. The wide receivers. Yeah, no. yeah. You can hold on to Corey Davis. That's yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. Don't start get, him, but you can hold on to him. Yeah, I, get, him. <laughs> I apologize if you own him. Yeah. Rostrum. Um, let's see. Las Vegas. Waller show, obviously. And then we got Edwards and Ruggs. Edwards, 76% of the snaps there. Uh, Rams, what's going on with Higby? He didn't have 100% of the snaps for the third week in a row, only 75. Uh, Woods, 88, Cup, 82, Jefferson, 77, and Michelle, 74% of the snaps. I thought that was very interesting. Obviously, Henderson at, out, but they were willing just to have him, Michelle out there. Um, if Henderson is more injured than we think, um, what kind of value are we RB two something like that, Sean? Yeah. Like I said, that's why I was big on Henderson. The Rams will plug and play one guy and it's, it's their guy. The problem is like Sonny Michelle just isn't as efficient as Henderson. Um, so yeah, he's got a lot of upside because he plays really well on the offense. And that, off, that Sean McVay is like, I don't want to throw the word genius out there, but he's very good at getting space for receivers and running backs. Like he's really good at creating that. It's just, I don't know if the, the talent is there for Sony Michelle as it is for, it's weird to say as Henderson, I've been really impressed with Henderson the last couple of years as he played. Um, but I, I wouldn't invest a ton because I'm not sure Henderson's that injured. So, and so Michelle's ceiling is limited because if he is, it's one of those situations where with Henderson in there, they'd probably run it a little bit more. Cause we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago where Henderson was out there almost hundred percent of the snaps when Sonny Michelle is the only guy right now, and he's only playing like 74. I think that's about what you're going to get three fourths of the snaps. It's going to be, yeah. he's going to be out there and that's the max for him. He's not going to get quite the Henderson treatment. He'll be the only real running back, but he's still Sean McVay showed you. He doesn't view Sony the same way as he does Henderson. All right, Miami. Is it, should I just move on from that? Yeah. <laughs> With who the record, I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kamara on New Orleans, 84% of the snaps. Trotman and 82 and Coway, top wide receiver with 61. Um, New England, Myers, 96. Algalore, 81. Bourne, 76. And Hunter Henry with 72, where Johnny Smith has really been slipping off into like the 40% range. 
Um, so not as much of a double tight end set as we've seen um, out of with, week with one New and England, two. Really quick, they barely get any air yards. Like he's completing a Mac Jones is completing balls like three yards downfield. So I, that limits really a lot of these receiver values because he's there. You can only get so many yards after catch, and he's basically make. Mac Jones is basically like making them get all the yards after the catch. And it's just, it's frustrating for these owners, these receivers. Yep. Stream all your defenses against the Patriots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you throw everything within five yards, it's pretty easy to play defense. <laughs> uh, let's see. Giants, uh, Saquon Barkley's there. Um, Pittsburgh, what? Najee Harris, only 95% of the snaps. What's going on? um he's been at 100 the last two weeks uh, claypool 92 washington 80 um mentioned earlier the other two wide receivers going it will either didn't play or went down with an injury uh let's see seattle lock at 92 percent of the snaps metcalf and swain was out there 85 everett 79 kittle 100 as expected samuel Ayuk 90 and 86 and the fullback getting 69% of the snaps. Uh, he had a nice little tight end or touchdown there. Tampa Bay, Godwin and Evans and Gronk show, obviously. Um, Tennessee, it's well, Jones and Brown were injured, so it's really just kind of leaning on Henry, which they are more than willing to do for some reason. Um Texans, like, you know, Cooks, that's pretty much it. I don't even know why I listed the rest of the names there. And uh, (laughs) Washington, Lane Thomas, 100% of the snaps, and uh, McLaurin, 96. Those are the two. So closing thoughts here. This is our last one regarding baseball for Fantasy Dad Pods. I'm going to shout out. Dad bod player of the week, Brandon Belt, um, or most recently known as Captain Belt. Um, the manager called him out, said he was a badass and an assassin in the batter's box. That's pretty high regard. Uh, the Giants just eclipsed a team total home run record. And um, Belt has been very, very good of recently over the last 30 days. Um, up there with some other quite notable names, but um, I'd say like a top five hitter over the last month. Um, but when you're rolling with what was this 204 WRC plus 477 Woba, uh, it's pretty good. OPS of 1.158. Um, well done, Brandon Belt. When healthy has been pretty good. Um, any fond memories of Belt there, Corbin? Uh, getting injured usually, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I think he's set a career high, right? In home runs, he's like almost a thirty, almost yeah. a thirty. Gosh. Well, then he just broke his finger yesterday on a bunt <laughs> attempt. Can't somebody... Hashtag never bunt kids. I literally didn't even know that. That's funny that he said <laughs> <laughs> I saw he got hurt. I'm just like, dude, he's right. He's almost a thirty home runs. Like, just man, just yeah. stay healthy one more game. Just. And if you go out to Kevin Gossman's Twitter, he had a really funny, I linked it there for you guys to view, but (laughs) just a captain and a seaman and it's belt with the captains and then the like get up and then all the rookies are in like Popeye the sailor. What's the, what's the guy olive oil type outfit? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I don't know. They got a kick out of that. Um, and I got another bonus dad joke of the week for you. So ran out of toilet paper recently and started using lettuce leaves. Today was the tip of the iceberg and tomorrow remains to be seen. And maybe that one was actually good. (laughs) All right. Any guesses on the trivia question? You already already spoiled it. My guess instinctively was going to be Tyler O'Neill. Okay. But that's clearly not right. So that's that was my guess. Well, when you said some guy in the minors, yeah. not like I've been keeping up with everybody. But at first, I was like, "What about that guy for the Reds, Arcidas Aquino?"s But I don't think he's in the minors right now. Yeah, right. This is this is a toughie, um, but it does play for a central team. I have it 
in white. So I'm going to unhighlight it here. Yerman Mercedes mm-hmm. was in the top five each for a home run exavilo and a home run distance on the year. See, he confused me. I hadn't wasn't sure if he retired and then unretired yet. So I the very yeah. next day he un I was gonna say unretired, like, not retired. retired again, but yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, I just thought I was like, man, you know, it's it's a bummer what's happened to him on the season and obviously worthy especially at a catcher position worthy of playing time catcher dh you know um maybe maybe uh kc needs a extra catcher dh on the roster and can we can we say uh swing three three oh big fella that's just yeah just come on just do it just swing three oh who cares? have fun let the kids play <laughs> I, all right root for a team harder but not a manager it's just it's just a joke <laughs> Well, over to our outro. Corbin, is there any, anything you're working on that you want to mention? Shout out. Oh, I just have like two or three football articles a week. I'll do like one more baseball or fan tracks. And then I towed Eric Cross. I'm taking a break for a little bit as, as football really gets heats up here. Um, yeah, I usually have a Vance running back stats one that comes out tomorrow. I do like a weekly recap that came out last night. And then I usually do like a sleepers article, but haven't been hitting so well on those other than uh who did i have other than emmanuel sanders but <laughs> <laughs> hasn't been hitting so well on some of these but i think it's hard to you know like this early in the season unless somebody's yeah. got super injured it's hard to like be like yeah this guy's you know this guy's primed to be startable so awesome well thank you all for joining we appreciate you listening and as always we leave you with some dad wisdom uh kind of recapping baseball appreciate the process enjoy the journey um stop take a view take in the view have fun with it fantasy sports are a break from reality savor the off season just like corbin's mentioning it's a long grind and take advantage of some mental downtime um so until next time take care be well and we'll see you